0: Hello and welcome to The Court Jester, the podcast that brings you one saucy medieval tale after another. I am Cleo medievalist and storyteller, and today I'm bringing you the content warning before I even give you the title, because as you can probably imagine, there's going to be several swear words in this episode. Today's story is the story of the knight who made Kant's talk. And it's one of the most well-known ones, and one of the most obscene ones. And as you probably know well by now, it's not the only one. Most of the fabliaux are misogynistic, gender binary, violent, ableist, and have everything wrong about them, as should be the case for something that was written several centuries ago. However, being obscene and wrong and faulty in many ways The Fablio, as the author of this one, makes sure to tell us before he starts his story. The Fablio are there to make everyone's life better, because they'll make you laugh and that means that they will take the pain away. So consume this content in context and if you're not scared yet, let's go find out what was the fate of this knight who had this glorious ability. make cunts speak at his command whenever he would ask them to, and sometimes make the asshole speak too. Our story therefore starts with a knight who fell into poverty while still quite young. He was a very well respected knight, despite the fact that he had no money, no vineyards, no rents, no lands, nothing in his name at all other than the equipment he had and the fact that he, well, was a knight. He was really very good at war, and he was also very good at tournaments, which generally has been his main source of income. But then it just so happened that a time came when there was no war, there was no fighting, there were no tournaments, and very, very soon there was no way for our good knight to make any money. However, that didn't stop him from wanting to live the good life. Very soon, he found himself broke. And so he started pawning his belongings. First, his cloak. Then his surcoat. Then his cape. Then there was nothing left for him to sell. And what did he do with the money that he got? Food and drink is what he did. His poor squire tried telling him, maybe, may- master, maybe that's not a very good thing to do to sell everything you have for food and drink and making merry, but to no avail. Luckily for him, a tournament was just announced that day. Well, that's great news, said our knight, and called his squire. How is that great news, said the squire? You, you literally have nothing to wear in that tournament. You have no equipment left to you whatsoever. Oh, my squire, you're right said the knight. You were right to advise me and I didn't listen and now here I am wanting to go to a tournament and being unable to do so because there's nothing left to my name. Okay, said the squire. I'll see what I can do. So the squire left and sold his master's palfrey and with the money that he got he bought back all his equipment and his clothes and paid off every debt and was left with some change in the end. ''How did you do that?'' asked the knight, when he saw the squire returning with everything he once owned. ''I sold your palfrey,'' said the squire, ''and I have changed.'' ''Well, that's good news,'' said the knight, and with those words they hit the road. The squire was riding forward, and the knight followed, but he was going slowly because he had a lot on his mind. So the squire very quickly left him behind, and as they moved deep into the forest... They came into a glen. A squire going first, he saw a spring that flowed in a wide stream, and there was so much green around it that the entire place was looking like it was taken out of a fairy tale. What was also taken out of a fairy tale was the three damsels that were swimming in the stream, wearing no clothes. Their clothes were made of solid gold." And so many gems and expensive pearls hanging from them. And they had just left those clothes on the branch on the side of the stream and they had fallen into the water and they were playing and having fun and not paying attention to the squire at all. So the squire rode along, grabbed their clothes and ran away. That should do it, he thought. There's a lot of money, if I ever saw a lot of money in the form of clothes before. Now, the ladies saw the squire leaving with their clothes and they they were taken in much despair and started screaming and crying. And as they were crying, the knight arrived. A long story short, they told him what happened. A squire passed by and took their clothes and now, now they're left clothless in the river. The knight hurried along and found his squire. Give it back, he said. What, are you serious? What do you mean, give it back? Bu- do you know how much this costs? Said the squire. I do not care. This is not an honourable thing to do. Look at those ladies. Look at them. You've let them naked. You've stolen their belongings. How dare you? You want to be a knight one day? Really, without attitude? Master, I want you to think about this. If we sell those clothes, you will not have... To go to a tournament ever again you will not make that money through war and tournament even if you do it for the next 10 years do you see how expensive these are i shall return them said the knight i do not care for anything that came to me that was stolen i have honor sir and i advise you to go find out what that is for yourself as well suit yourself said the squire the knight took the clothes and went to the ladies, who very gratefully accepted him and got dressed quickly. And as he was trying to go away, they thought amongst themselves that, you know what, he has been so nice. And we didn't give him anything in return. And so they called him back. And one of them stepped forward, dressed in gold and silver and looking like a queen, and told him, Sir Knight, you have been so very good to me and my friends today, and all of us feel that we shouldn't send you on your way... Without a reward, let us give you one gift each and I'll go first. And that's my gift to you. Wherever you go, any place, anywhere, everyone will seek to please you and they'll be so happy to see you that they'll give you everything they own. They will take their clothes off their back and give them to you. Never again will you find yourself in need. Oh, that's a very noble gift, my lady. Thank you, said the knight. Wait till you hear mine, said the second one, because my gift to you is that wherever your path may turn, any woman or female beast you meet, as long as they have two eyes on their head, I give you the ability, if you call, to make their cunts answer to you at once. The knight looked at her, feeling very surprised. Okay. Now wait to hear mine, said the third. Can you guess, sir? Can you guess? I'm sure you can guess. But it's only fair, my friend, that if the cunts reply to you, that assholes do so too. At this point the knight, disgusted and feeling that he's being mocked, thanked them as best he could and turned away. And again he was set on his way and caught up with his squire and told him what had Just happened. They played me for a fool, he said. They gave me three blessings. And I think they were joking, really, because none of this makes sense. Well, I told you so, said the squire. You should have kept the clothes. At least you would have money. Do you know what? said the knight, I think you're right. I promise I will listen to you more in the future. And so they kept walking. And as they did, just who happens to pass by but a priest? "'riding on a mare and loaded with wealth and riches. "'He crossed their path and when he saw the knight, "'he stopped his horse and turned around and said, "'I'm so glad I found you, my friend. "'Oh, please let me, let let me give you hospitality. "'Let me take you to my house. "'Let me take you as a guest. "'And and I promise I'll do everything I can to honour you "'in the best way you can imagine. "'Everything I have, everything I own is yours.' The knight started suspecting that maybe the gift was not entirely useless after all, and so did the squire, who asked his master. See that he has a mare, do you maybe want to ask her cunt a question? It's worth a try, said the knight. So he asked the mare's cunt, where is your master going? Oh, Sir Knight, replied the cunt. He's going to see his mistress and he's also carrying a lot of money because he wants to give that money to his mistress so that she can buy herself a nice dress because there's a fair happening tomorrow. Now, you can imagine that as the priest heard the cunt of his mare speak, he thought this was some form of sorcery and ran away as far away as he could from this demonic person who made animal cunts speak. But not before he dropped his cape and his purse with it. So the knight picked up the purse and the cape, And the horse, which was very well equipped, I'll have you know. And they turned around and went back on their way. And they continued on their path, and the knight told the squire. See when I said earlier that I should listen to you more? It looks like I shouldn't, because if I go and do things my way, well, look what happens. And I'm sure those ladies must have been some kind of fairies, because this doesn't explain in any way otherwise. How could their blessing actually come true? And what a weird gift to have. Long story short, they came to a citadel and in their citadel there was a castle and in the castle was a count, a countess and an entire court of people, all of whom were elated to see the knight whom they treated like their most welcome guest arriving to their doorstep. The count insisted to give him hospitality, the countess insisted on giving him everything and so they made him dinner and they gave him the best bed and the countess Before going to bed, invited one of her servants and told her, I'm going to have to ask you to do something for me. And believe me, I would have done it myself, but my husband just won't go to bed. He decided that tonight is the night that he doesn't sleep, so I can't do it myself, so you are going to have to do it. So I want you to go to the knight's bed. Get naked, lie beside him and let him comfort himself the best way he can. The maiden went. She dared not object, but she was scared. "'and shaking, she took off her clothes and went into the knight's bed. "'Surprised, the knight, when someone entered his bed next to him, "'turned around to see what what was happening and saw the girl, stark naked. "'Who are you?' he said. "'Well, I am but a servant. "'I am here at Mistress's orders, and she, she said to lie next to you "'and comfort you in the best way I can, sir, knight.' "'I see,' said the knight, and hugged her and held her "'and kissed her in the face and on the lips.' and touched her cheeks and her neck and her breasts. And then he talked to her cunt. Tell me, Sir Kant, what is happening here? Oh, my lord, said the cunt. She doesn't want to be here. The countess does. The girl jumped out of bed terrified. Well, how is this happening? How is my cunt speaking? Before the knight could even give an explanation, she ran away, back into her mistress's chamber. And what are you doing here? said the mistress. Did I not specifically advise you to go comfort Sir Knight? I did, I did, my lady, but you know he's some sort of wizard. This is some sort of sorcery. I did right as you asked me. I went into his bed, took my clothes off, went in, and he hugged me, and then he talked to my count, and my count replied and told him everything. And I couldn't stand from shame, my lady. OK, then go to bed, said the lady. But now she had thoughts because this was a very good information to have. And so the morning dawned, and the lady insisted that she would not let our knight go, unless she gave him breakfast and a hefty lunch to carry him on his way. Seeing that he couldn't get away without, the knight accepted to stay a little bit longer. And when they prepared the most luscious of feasts for lunch, and after they have eaten their fill, the lady turned around and addressed everyone on the table. And she said, well, we have something very extraordinary happening in our midst today because our guest, our very honourable friend, has an ability that I have never known to exist before. This knight here can make cunts talk at his command. And I am here to say, Sir Knight, that maybe you can make any cunt speak, but you will never be able to make mine talk to you. Can I not now? asked the knight. I'll wager you. Forty pounds, she said. My only condition is that you will let me go back to my chambers before we do this and prepare myself. And if you manage to make my cunt speak, I'll give you forty pounds, but I don't think you will, sir knight. I will enter the bed, said the knight, but I don't have forty pounds. All I have is my horse and my equipment. But if you think that's enough, then I can give that to you. Oh, fine, more than enough, she said. So I will go to my chambers and I will come back and then you will make my cunt... You will try to make my cunt speak. And when you fail, you will just go away barefoot. Is that okay? Fine by me, said the knight. And so the lady left the room and went up to her bedroom and asked the servants to bring her as much cotton as they could. And she shoved all the cotton, fistfuls of it, up her cunt till everything was "'Choked shut. "'I promise you, no one has ever stuffed so much cotton in such a tight space.' "'There was no way that it could speak now,' she thought. "'And so, feeling very smug, she went back downstairs. "'I'm ready, Sir Knight,' she said. "'Do your magic. Make my cunt speak.' "'And so the knight addressed her cunt directly, as he knew to do by now. "'My lady's cunt now speak the truth.' ''Just what did your lady do when she was in her room alone?'' asked the knight. The count tried to speak, but it was hopelessly immobilised. The knight was surprised and asked again, and still he got no answer. And then he thought, ''I have a third gift,'' and he addressed the asshole. ''What did she do when she went upstairs in her room, pray tell me, sir?'' And the asshole, feeling much less refined, replied, ''Well, the count would answer you, good sir!'' But it has its muzzle full of cotton or wool or whatever else this lady stuffed up there a while ago. And this is why the count is not replying to you. It has all the intention of answering all your questions. I'll tell you this. I'm next to it. I know. Oh, but that's cheating, said the knight. So, my lady, if you're so kind, would you go back to your room and remove... All the cotton and the rags from your cunt and come back here, please, because I have a wager to win and I'd rather not go away on foot. The lady, shamed, now must obey and goes back to her room and with a hook she empties all the load that she had forced upon her cunt and returns back to the hall. And the knight again speaks to her cunt. Sir cunt, why did you not talk to me when I first addressed you? I couldn't Good goodnight, said the cunt. I was jammed with cotton. I really couldn't move my lips at all. Everyone, even the count, burst into laughter. But the countess hung her head in shame. And everyone told her that she lost the bet and she should now give him the 40 pounds and send him on his way. She did so and did not delay his departure any longer. And so 40 pounds were paid. He got his horse and all his other belongings and went on his way. The heavens smile upon the birth of those whom fortune has befriended. And on that word, my tale is ended. And this was the story of the knight who made Kant's talk. If you liked what you heard, consider subscribing to The Court Jester on Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts. And also make sure to tell everyone you know how much fun you're having with the worst possible medieval stories you will find several links in the show notes one of them will take you to the translation I'm using and the other ones are links to the podcasts and my own social media come and find me and we'll talk about today's story or everything else you want to talk about Fabio related or whatever other medieval topic you want to talk about last thing before I go The court jester is the work of a medievalist, myself. And if you're feeling generous, you can support the podcast on Patreon, where you can get bonus episodes, additional material and other good things. I have put links in the show notes for that too. Your patronage will give me a sense of achievement and the ability to bring you more comic stories from the Middle Ages. Thank you for listening. Until next time.